Got You Back Podstream is brought to you by Kinprint. For all your company's promotional needs, they do it all. Apparel, promotional products using the highest quality brands. They do logo design, signage, and printing. Kinprint will promote your brand with excellence. Visit kinprint.ca. All right, folks, welcome to Got Your Back, Thursday night post-game edition. Total wins on the season, two. Total post-game F-bombs, now at three. Vander Kane with the latest submission. Hard to blame them for getting frustrated. This is not how this was supposed to go. Jason Strudwick and Rob Brown standing by to break down. A loss to the Dallas Stars tonight. Got Your Back, brought to you as always by our fantastic title sponsors, Sherwood Buick GMC, where they make the buying process easy, streamlined, head into the big, fantastic dealership just off Baseline Road on the way into Sherwood Park. They've got tons of stock on hand, both new and used. If you mention that Got Your Back sent you, not only will you receive specialized pricing, but as a bonus, you'll also get three free ultimate detail packages on either new or used vehicles. So mention Got Your Back sent you at Sherwood Buick GMC. Go see Phil and the crew, or you can check out what they've got online at gmcpod.com. Coming to you from the beautiful Long Shots studio here in Sherwood Park. Was at Long Shots yesterday. Shot an 83, have to say. Laid a pretty good thumping on my buddy Rob, but had tons of fun, some food, some bevies, and a little, little round of golf. Here in this late fall, quite enjoyed it as we uh, check in with the gentleman. Rob Brown has just finished up his 6.30 Ched postgame show, so he's driving home. And we've got uh, Struddy, who was working the broadcast tonight. Struddy, you were looking good, man. Is that your your first one of the year this year, I think, is it not? It's the first one, yeah. Actually, I forgot where the uh, how to get to the studio. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there you go. I hadn't been there in a while. Uh, but, yeah, it's fun. I mean, I love, Gene's a great guy, and it's fun. It's kind of a neat place to watch the game from. So, fun game to watch, too. You fired a pretty hard dagger at uh, Stoffer there in the second intermediate. <laughs> what was your line? Brownie, you wouldn't have heard it because you were working on your own broadcast. I think it was – what was it? You you like the puck bounce comments more than a good chip and dip party? Is I that said what you, you said to Stoff? I said you like puck luck as much as you like chip and dip parties. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. I, I am on. I cannot. I and this is not a shot at Bob. This is just general. I hate when people say puck luck. It's puck luck. It's it's not puck luck. You create your own luck by playing the game. You look at Sam Gagne. There's nothing lucky about those two. He drove the net hard. Surprise. He scores twice. So yeah, I, I just puck luck to me. Why play the game? It was just luck. Yep, I think that's that's fair. Some people on the stream are agreeing with you. Uh, we are live streaming on Twitter and on YouTube, uh, by the way. Um, so we'll have an Ask Us Anything segment at the end of the podcast, so make sure you tune in uh, then as well. And uh, whatever comments you have, Zuby is behind the scenes, working the controls in Kelowna, but he'll be gathering the best of the comments. Let's avoid too much idle chit-chat tonight, guys, because I think Oiler fan just wants to break this thing down. So let's do that courtesy Adrenaline Diesel, where they specialize in heavy-duty truck and trailer repair. Performance, tuning, parts, and sales. Adrenaline Diesel has seven gigantic bays 
And there's not a lot they can't figure out for you if you've got a problem. Marty and his crew have extremely high standards to leave your truck in great shape like it's right out of the factory. Go to AdrenalineDiesel.ca. Uh, lots of shots, lots of shot attempts. If you want to pay attention to the analytics, maybe you'll be impressed. Bottom line, they are not winning hockey games. Brownie, where does your post-game analysis start with what went wrong for the Oilers tonight? Well, it started that they fell behind 3-1, then 4-1. Um, when you are chasing a game, and the Oilers are, when they're down 3-1 going into the third period, when you're chasing a game, you have to have a perfect period to come back. And the Oilers were almost perfect, but they made that big mistake where they had a, uh, a, a poor decision between McDavid and, I believe, Bouchard on the back check, and all of a sudden a pretty goal. So you, you can't continue to fall behind good teams. The Oilers made a number of big mistakes in this hockey game that the Dallas Stars took advantage of. Mistakes that the Oilers talked about before the game not allowing the Dallas Stars to create off the rush. They, they pinched at the wrong time, the Oilers did. They had a bad dump in. They had a bad line change, uh, miscommunication on a, a penalty kill. Uh, those are things you can't do against good hockey clubs because then all of a sudden you go into the third period, you must be perfect. And as close as the Oilers were to being perfect in that third period, they still made one more mistake, and that was the fourth goal. And because of that, uh, they came out on the short end again. Yeah, you know, you look at the they played well enough to win this game. Let's make no mistake about it. There were some good moments. Um, but unfortunately, there were four moments that gifted or or, or gave the, the the stars a really good opportunity to to score. And that's a veteran team. Like that top line is 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 veteran. They've been around a long time, they know how to play, they play really well together. And that top line really handed it to the orders tonight. Uh so you know, you, you look around and you want to be, you know, you, I am very positive. Like the team's trending in the right direction. The orders, I do believe they're trending in the right direction. But still those little moments within a game. Not every moment's created equal. And you talk about that first one, Brownie, the pinch by CC. There's no reason to pinch there. It's at best a 50-50 puck. You don't have that back support of that high guy behind you. You pinch in there, bang, it's a two-on-one, bang, it's a goal, one nothing. When, quite frankly, the Oilers earned at least, or at that point it played well and could have had the lead, if not at least the tie. They talked before the game about understanding how good Dallas was off the rush. They told us that after the game. I just came from the locker room. Mm -hmm. They had a meeting, and they talked about this team will kill you off the rush and the ways to defend it and to make sure. And then basically every goal was off the rush, Brownie. They, they knew it and still didn't have enough discipline in the details of their game to stop it. Well, good words there, discipline and details. Because you know that every team that plays against the Oilers says the same thing. When Leon and Connor are on the ice, you got to be detailed. you got to be disciplined because they can beat you on the rush. If you look through the first nine games of the season, how many two-on-ones or odd-man breaks or breakaways of Leon came out of the penalty box of the Heritage Classic and they, they created a, a two-on-one and they scored a goal. But they're not getting those chances because teams are playing against them. Say, all right, when those guys are on the ice, we've got to be smart. We've got to be very detailed and clog up the middle of the ice. On the other hand, the Oilers tonight, the best line for, for the Dallas Stars, the Pavelski, Rupi Hintz line, look at the plays they had. They had a three-on-one on a bad dump and a bad line change, wide-open backdoor one-timer. They had the bad back check 
and confusion between McDavid coming back, backdoor tap-in for Rupi Hintz. They had Duchesne, who scored 40 goals in the National Hockey League. You pinch on him. Now Duchesne's coming in on a two-on-one. Those goals there are by true goal scorers that you have to know when they're on the ice. You don't go for 50-50 plays. You play defensive. Teams are doing that very well against others. Connor and Lynn are not getting those two-on-one looks, but we are giving up too many against us because we are not playing uh, a tight defensive structure when the other team's best players are on. We're making the big mistakes, and the big mistakes always seem to be with the other team's most prolific goal scorers on the ice, and they're making the Oilers pay. And, Chagra, this is what we the, 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 the team had talked about, right? Those moments, understanding moments, we want to be more defensive. So they're still trying to work through that. Um, but, you know, they're trending in the right direction. But you, you got to, it's one thing to keep talking about it. It's another, you got to deliver. And, they, and you know, they, I think they see it. They go over the video. You know, what, what did, what did uh, Jay said? We're going to go through this front and back and get details and, and, and give something to the team to get better. Well, you, you know what you have to work on, right? I, I think it's pretty clear where they're at. Um, close. But unfortunately, not close enough against a team that is a real, really good team who didn't have their number one goalie, by the way. In our takeaway segment, we're going to dig a little bit more into Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid because it's time to have a conversation about where Dreisaitl's game is at and, and frankly, whether we think McDavid is healthy or not. So we're going to save that for our next segment. Another thing I want to focus on tonight, the owners didn't lose this game because of Jay Woodcroft. It's not what I'm saying here. But Sam Gagne was injected into the lineup because they didn't get production from their bottom six and they needed a boost. And Sam Gagne in the third period gave this team and the building the boost that it needed. Scores two goals. This wasn't some plug that has never been an offensive player that had an out-of-body experience. Yeah. Sam can produce offense. That's what he had made built a career out of. But now he's got all these other elements in his game. Somehow... With the game on the line, Jay Woodcroft had his two-goal guy standing next to him on the bench. It made absolutely no sense. There was a whistle with just over two minutes left. No timeout. Could have rested the whole crew. And then he goes with a group that doesn't include Sam Gagne. After the game, he said, well, you know, he was next up and we didn't have a chance to change. They didn't prioritize getting him on the ice because there were a couple of clears where they could have. And why he wouldn't have started him in somebody's place with that main group with two minutes left. He's got two goals and lit the building up. I just don't understand that, Struds. He brought emotion to this game, very emotionally. You know, you think about the time he's put in to get back into it, coming back to Empton, uh, again, a place that he obviously loves. And, and, and wants to be a part of, wants to be an oiler. And you scored that first goal. He was so jacked up. Uh, I was sitting beside Gene. I'm like, they got to get this guy out there more often. Then he scores the second one. I said, the next shift, he should be beside Connor and Leon. Bring energy to that lineup. Then you get to where they pull the goalie. You have two goals sitting there. And I, I never understood when I was sitting uh, on the bench as a player, because let's be honest, I wasn't going out there to try to score. But when a, a player who is a non-normal guy, not a top six guy, or maybe not one of your scorers, was feeling it that night, feeling it, whether it was a goal or two goals, whatever he had, 
and they wouldn't put him on when they needed goals. I never understood it. This guy is in the zone. Use him. We don't know if Sam Gagne's going to get in the zone again the rest of the year, but we knew tonight he was in the zone. Another team was his sorry, his teammates are feeding off it. Kane was going, everyone was going around him. I cannot understand that decision. I get you have, you know, Hyman's been here for a number of years scoring. Uh, Connor Leon, you're not taking them off. Obviously. Who cares? Let's, let's be honest. Yeah, who but, cares but about you those need guys? to feel the moment. This is the moment we're at. Kane was playing great. The, the clear guy to me, Brownie, was Hyman off, Gagne in. Make it happen. Well, I mean, great point, Struts. And after Gagne scored his second goal, he made a play to Kane to put him in on a two-on-one, which was a beautiful yep. play. Kane goes in, almost scores. Then right after that, Gagne yeah. gets the puck on the boards and fires one at Kane's stick that he deflects it and almost scores there. Connor, I mean, Sam Gagne was the best player in this game by far. So it's not like he had two goals, a couple tip-ins, you know, got a couple bounces as, as you like, Struds. He was the best player on the ice. He was creating. He created the most grade-A scoring chances of any player for the Oilers tonight. So it wouldn't have been saying, oh, let's just have a hunch. Maybe he'll get a third. He actually deserved it because he was their best player. He and Evander Kane were the best players for the Oilers. And I, I believe in fate and storybooks and all that. I, I'm thinking if he scores a second, he's actually going to tie it up with a hat trick. That's what I thought was going to happen. And you're right. I was a little surprised that he wasn't on the ice. It could have happened. The head coach didn't even give it a chance to happen. A two-goal guy, a guy who has taken the puck to the net where you've been telling all of your players that needs to happen more. That's the message you've been giving them since the start of the season. More will, more grit, get it to the middle. And so what do those players witness tonight? The two-goal guy who did that standing next to them with the game on the line. Because what? You've got veteran players and don't want to ruffle feathers? I don't know if that's why, but he's thinking about something other than what is the best chance to win this game right now. He has to be because you got a two-goal guy standing there, Struds. Yeah, there, there's no way. And, and you, you, sometimes you just have to feel it. You have to feel it as a coach. This guy is going. This guy, we got to find him more ice time. And how many times have we talked about on this pod, like someone in the bottom six has to stand up and really start pushing, pushing up. Well, Fogel's done it. He's done it. There's no doubt about it. I don't think we've seen enough from Holloway, McLeod, Arnie. Uh, Ryan's had moments, right? But I think we. I think it's fair to say he's a bottom six guy. Sam Gandhi pushed. He bullied his way up. He bullied his way up in the lineup to beside Nuge and, um, and Kane. Now, obviously, the injury to Connor may have opened up that opportunity, but he took it and he ran with it. And so I, I, I can. I was blown away after they scored the second goal. Uh, or he scored the second goal, his second goal. I believe there was a uh, TV timeout, and then the faceoff was in the order zone, and they did not put out Leon, Connor, and Sam. I, I, I just, that was the moment. You're feeling it. Put him out there. I, and Zach Hyman gets it. He, Zach Hyman has no ego when it comes to that. They're trying to win the game. I just, what a lost opportunity. And you know what? Because Sam would be pushing, uh, get some energy into uh, Connor and Leon. And then not that they were the prompt tonight, but it's like, man, I'm excited to play beside these guys. And they're excited to be beside him. I uh, Opportunity lost. Massive misread of the situation by Jay. Can we talk about these, uh, these 
third line players who are not producing. And to me, they are not all created equally. They're not. I have different expectations for different guys. The most unforgivable is Ryan McLeod to me. He's 24 years old. Uh, he's not new anymore. And yes, he started the season injured, right? Wasn't able to, to get a running start, but it's nine games in. The guy has zeros across the board and, you know, all kinds of speed through the neutral zone makes it look really good, but just the perimeter play night after night after night, it has, it has to stop. Like he, they have got to figure out a way to convince this player that he needs to get to the inside night in, night out. The problem is, Brownie, I mean, you could bench him, I guess, but you're only playing 11 forwards every night because the roster, I mean, tonight, Woodcroft had no choice. He had no choice but to have 11 forwards in. Brown gets hurt. He can't scratch guys. He can't bench guys. His hands are tied in a lot of traditional ways. But somehow, Ryan McLeod needs to get this message. This team desperately needs him to make a something meaningful happen, and it's just been a ghost town from this player. Well, hopefully he will see the success that Sam Gagne had tonight and how he did it. He, he simplified. He went to the, the hard areas. He put pucks on net. Uh, he took a beating. The goal, the first goal he scored, he's in there diving, poking at goalies, poking at skates. What I see from McLeod too often is a kid that's got incredible speed. Uh, I mean, at times he looks like McDavid coming up the ice. But he'll take the puck in wide, and he'll go around the outside of the boards, then he'll go around behind the net, then he'll come around the other side of the net, and then he'll start looking to make a pass. Well, at that point, the defenders have now all got back and set up. You've lost your window of opportunity because now you don't have a chance to create. I'd love to have McLeod's speed. I think that would have been cool to be able to skate that fast. But McLeod, if... If I'm the coach, if I'm the coach, Strides, I'm telling McLeod, you get the cross the blue line, drive the net. A, you're going to get the puck towards the blue paint. Yeah. B, you might draw a penalty. And C, heaven forbid, you might beat a guy going to the net. But I would stress on it. And what I would do, I would take him out and practice, either before or after, and I would just have him drive straight from the blue line to the net. Have some, you could have coaches out there. You could have the extra defenseman, seven defenseman, someone playing him just to teach him that's what he needs to do. Ryan McLeod is not a good enough player to score from distance in the NHL. He has to score from within five, seven feet of the net. And Stretch, he has not been going there near enough this year. No, let's be honest. First off, you would have loved to have had my speed, Brownie. <laughs> Stretch, I would love to have Rashad's speed right now. I, I, I couldn't skate as fast as either of you two. Yeah. Um, but I let's let's have a bit of a bigger conversation. Let's say the Oilers play Dallas in a, in the playoffs. Would you rather have Mason Marchment, Tyler Sagan, and and Deshane, or McLeod Holloway and I believe tonight it started with Sam Gagne on your third line. Yeah, I mean, the depth is an issue, bud. And we knew that heading into the season. The depth was going to be an issue for this team, right? For sure. And well, now I, these guys aren't producing and it's catching up to them. Well, I think, I, I don't, you know what? I think we'll have to, let's, let's put the production aside. Have they taken a step forward? You know, how, and, and, and so before the year, I talked about um, Bouchard, I talked about Broberg, I talked about, or we talked about McLeod. Um, I think we talked about Fogel, and I want to say Stu Skinner taking a step forward. Another nobody step forward. has. 
Nobody I, I, on this team is taking a step forward. And I would agree. I don't think any of those guys have, have taken a step forward. But when two-thirds of that is on your third line, that's a challenge. And this this is not something I'm, I'm not beating up Holloway. I, I'm looking more at, at, at McLeod. But they needed all those guys' internal development or internal growth, I believe, is what um, – Ken Holland talked about, and I agree with him. I like you. You gotta have internal growth, and you're this type on the tight on the cap. You believe in your players. You invest in them. They take a step forward. Now, I think Bouchard's kind of straightening the the, the ship a bit. He's he's been uh, in the last two three games a lot better. I thought he was uh, good tonight. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think we can put. I, I, I would say three games, guys. Um, you know, Holloway is and McLeod are, are fast. They get around there, and there's moments, and there's some hits here and there, but just not enough. But I think that. If there's not development from those two guys specifically uh, this year, uh, that 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 that's a fourth line is what you're looking at. You got to find a whole third line. Brownie, what do you think about that? Uh, the Holloway McLeod black hole of offense and production right now. We'll include Connor Brown in there too, but I, I still that's why I say they're not all created equally. I view Dylan Holloway different than I view Ryan McLeod, and I view Connor Brown different than I view both those guys. There. Well, I, I agree. I, the expectations for McLeod are going to be higher than the other players. Brown's coming back from a year-long injury. You expect he's going to get better as the season moves on. And Holloway's still trying to find his game. Yeah, I, McLeod has it, been a mystery to me at the beginning of the season here. You you don't notice him in these hockey games. And for the and, and this is your third line. You're getting to your fourth line who doesn't even play. So now you've become a, a two-line team up front. Yeah. And that's yeah. a lot of asking a lot of players when we know from the past few playoffs that the teams that win are teams that can roll four lines not only roll them but roll them without fear we saw the vegas golden knights put their fourth line out against leon and connor and have no fear doing it the dallas stars night late in the hockey game they had the sam Steele line out with less than four minutes to go that's yeah. their fourth line so these teams have got depth that they're, they they enjoy having those guys rise to the challenge. And right now, the Edmonton Oilers have got two lines. They've got Kane going now, which is good. Um, mm-hmm. So that gives them a second line that's good. But they don't have any in the third or fourth line. And now, all of a sudden, you're getting to what we saw in the past with the Oilers, where you have a top-heavy team where they will push for two shifts, and now there's two shifts set, stepping backwards. And you can't have that if you want to be a championship team. We saw Wedgwood make a couple of saves. There were there were a couple early saves where the Oilers were around it, around the net there, and he didn't get beat. Uh, I mean, the statistics continue to just pile up here on these goaltenders, and they are not good. Where are we at on the goaltending struds? I mean, look at look at Dallas's last couple of nights, right? Dramatically outshot both nights. Their guys are grabbing games for him. Yeah, right? well, I can Yeah. You like to get an like I'd like to get a save on that two on one Duchesne, probably, um, but it's a two on one. It's a bad pinch, but those things happen, right? Um, the third goal, kind of a you know quick one. That the, the second goal is I don't think it's stoppable. Uh, third goal off the power play, maybe the fourth one's a backdoor tap in misplayed. So I mean, what are, what are we looking at? Maybe one and a half goals, possibly, or sorry, one and a half goals. Maybe you want back. Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't lay it at their feet. I, I just, I, I just don't see that as a major issue. Brownie, I, don't I'm not, agree, like, might, I agree with you that I don't lay the loss at their feet, but I don't know guys. I mean, 
Is is the standard for goaltending on a Stanley Cup contender going through the goals and deciding if they made any terrible errors? Isn't the standard supposed to be a little different? Like at some point we go, holy shit, man, that guy grabbed a game for his team. Like, boy, yeah, boy, they're they're really, you know, when this team lulls, boy, those guys are really, really reliable, really. Like there are different metrics and thought processes that we use to rate goaltenders beyond just, yeah, I didn't give any terrible ones up or only one bad one. It just feels like the standard isn't high enough on a team that expects to win Brownie. Well, here's the thing that I see. In the, in the game tonight with Wedgwood, he had all those saves, but they were all plays that were in and around him. So it was all like rebounds, bounce, bucks. And he's not having to go side to side a lot. Where two of the goals tonight were Skinner had, were backdoor. He had no chance on those two. And then the other one, it was Duchesne, a 40 goal scorer coming down on him. Duchesne from center ice. It was like a breakaway. It was actually even easier than a breakaway because on a breakaway, Duchesne comes in on Skinner. Skinner only has to worry about Duchesne. But on that one tonight, it was a two-on-one, and the defender did not come over at all towards Duchesne. So Duchesne walked all the way in. That's a 40-goal score. That would be like Connor or Leon going down the other way and firing it past the goalie, and you say, oh, you know, I, I wish they had that one back on Connor. Probably should have had that. The problem for the Oilers is their mistakes are so big that they hang their goaltenders out to dry on. Nailed so it. that to me is... Yeah, it just, they're, 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 no. yeah, so uh, that's, I mean, can the goaltenders come up with a save or two? Maybe, but the Oilers' mistakes are humongous, and it's given the goaltenders no chances. Uh, just on the flip side, let's look at, I mean, um, Wedgwood, two bombs by Bouchard on the power play late in the second, two off the post. Like, he didn't move, and they were in there. So, I mean, what happens if they score there, right? It's 2 2 all of a sudden. Um, so he, he, he made some big saves, but he was beat a couple times. Um, that at least three posts by my count, they were legit yeah. posts, not lucky posts. Oh boy, uh, we got to finish the thought on Holloway too. I just remember we 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 brought it up to talk about him, and we didn't. We talked about McLeod. Uh, I view Holloway as a little different here. I think that Dylan Holloway at 22 years old is being thrown out with guys who are doing nothing, and I think at 22 years old, it's fair to expect. You'd be able to be insulated by some guys who can, you know, guys who can produce and guys who can drive play a little bit more. Like Dylan Holloway's been the best player on his line for basically the entire season. He's not playing with guys that he can lean on and elevate him. And I don't think that's setting him up for success. And I know that he hasn't produced much offense, but I see a motor that keeps going. I see physicality. I see him trying to do things the right way. I see a guy that's doing everything in his power to get to the inside and stay on the right side of things. Is just there's nothing happening offensively, Struds. How different is Holloway and McLeod? Well, yeah, well, yeah, it's different because of the age and just the experience level, right? So I, I actually there was a few shifts out there with where Sam Gagne is with those two guys. And again, I, I don't, I love Sam Gagne. I, I think tonight was a great story. I think it was fantastic to see him come back and score. I don't know how much he can give you this year. Maybe he can. I don't know. But if if Sam is going to play at those two guys, and maybe there's, I'm not sure. You know what, what's going to happen next, but he is creative, he's very smart, a very smart hockey player. And at this stage of their careers, I wouldn't say they're Holloway or McLeod or like that hockey IQ smart of a, a Wiley veteran. So maybe that's a guy that can help kind of unlock what those two guys are missing. Um, as far as a guy that can really make them better by being a smart player, Brownie. Well, see, 
I, and I and I said this, and I know that Ryan agrees with it. I want to see Holloway getting top six minutes. And when yep. McDavid went down with the injury, they didn't yep. put Holloway in the top six. And there was a game that they put Yanmark up instead. And Leon Dreisaitl, that game, continued to set players up, continued to set his line mates up. And there was one where Yanmark had a one-timer backdoor, and he, he fumbled the shot. He, he didn't get all of it. And I'm thinking, Holloway is a goal scorer. He was drafted because of his offensive prowess. He's been an offensive player his entire life. I thought at that moment, if that was Holloway instead of Yanmark, that's in the back of the net. And in this game tonight, Connor and Leon played together all night, and they had a rotation of wingers. Hyman was there for a while. Vogel was there for a while. Connor Brown was there for a while. For a while. To me, I would have loved to have seen Holloway get a couple shifts got on one that shift. line. He got one shift that I and noticed. And that's it. Yeah. So to me, I, I I have him in my top six and give him because if you put Holloway up there with Connor and Leon, Connor and Leon are still going to be great. Doesn't matter who you put, you could put Jack Campbell up there. Connor and Leon are still going <laughs> to create offense. But if you put Holloway up with those two, now you get to move Hyman down with Nugent Hopkins and Kane. That's a really good line. Then if Connor Brown was healthy, he comes down and plays with Fogle and McLeod. Now you've got more depth in your lineup because you move Holloway up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ryan, I agree. I think Holloway needs a chance to play, to feel what it's like to be in an offensive situation. Because playing with Ryan McLeod, you're not getting offensive looks because Ryan McLeod has struggled so far this year. Struds, final yeah. point of the segment, buddy. Counterpoint to that. No, Because you've I, said all along, no, too yeah, soon. Yeah, I, I have. I think the injury to Connor Brown shakes things up a little bit. Um, and I, I'm trying to protect the young guy. I, 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 to put him up there. So let's say he goes up there in four games. He hasn't scored all. Now he comes back again. He's back with McLeod, right? So I think they've tried to protect him, but I think you're getting to the point where it's time to, to, to break up McLeod and, and Holloway, um, because they're just together. They're not really like, it looks good sometimes, but nothing's really getting done, uh, enough of that good looking times. Uh, in on the stream, Holloway doesn't have the hands, says Billy Parker. Warren Fogle has been playing with them lately. Matthias Janmark played with them lately. The standard for who gets to play on their wing is a little different. And the fact that Holloway hasn't gotten a look, don't, don't get it. Um, yeah, We'll see. We'll see if something changes. Uh, Rob Brown's appearances here on the podcast brought to you by our great friends at Kinprint, a locally com- a local company that is family owned, and they have decades of experience filling any and all of your promotional and apparel and embroidery needs. Check them out at kinprint.ca. You know what, guys? We, we have to finish off the segment. I think the title of the podcast is F-Bombs 3 Wins 2. So let's go to the Weiss Johnson soundbox because we got a Vander Kane standing by here. Brought to you by Weiss Johnson, Edmonton's first choice for all your heating, air conditioning, and plumbing needs. They're certified technicians available 24-7 year-round to make sure you get help when you need help. They're committed to total customer satisfaction. 780-463-3096. Roll the jingle. To the Weiss Johnson Soundbox, uh, if you're rolling with the kids in the car because you're listening the following morning, cover their ears. Uh, F-bomb number three, courtesy of Andrew Kane. 
The sense is that this is a good team. You're going to figure it out at some point, but but it has to happen. Like well, when do you start the worrying? Sense. I mean, we have to show it on the ice, and it'll start on uh, start on Saturday afternoon. Forget the effing sense. Uh, so I think that's Woody one, Darnell one, and uh, and Evander Kane one. So that's three f bombs. I believe three more than we heard last season. So the frustration level is definitely fairly high. Brownie, are you bolting? Are you home? We're going to let you go. I am. I'm. I'm sitting on the side of the street. The neighbors are looking through their windows, questioning why the white truck is parked in front of their house. I'm waving at them right now. But, yeah, I'm home, down on my street right now. <laughs> Don't be creepy, buddy. We'll let you go. Great job breaking it down with Strudz and I. Thanks, buddy. All right. Take care, guys. All right. Short break. When we come back, we'll dig a little bit into 29 and 97. Probably a conversation there that needs to be had. So very short break. Stay with us. Hey everyone, it's Kelly here from United Sport and Cycle. The wait is over. United's annual Hockey Day sale is finally here. Save 20% off on select CCM and Bauer skates. Save 35% off on all Bauer and CCM Pro Stock sticks. And save up to 25% off on select Bauer and CCM equipment. And for you goalies, save up to 20% off select Bauer, Warrior, and CCM goal gear. Trust the experts at your home of hockey for over 95 years. United Sport and Cycle. Are you ready to elevate your moving experience? Trusted for over 100 years, Ferguson Moving and Storage are your partners in relocation, ensuring your journey is smooth and stress-free. And say goodbye to surprises with Ferguson's transparent flat rate pricing. Contact them now for a free moving quote and use a promo code FERGUSON to receive $100 off your next move. Visit fergusonmoving.com and let them lift your expectations. Winter is upon us, so why not make the best of it? Marmot Basin Ski Resort is where it's at. Ski half price every day, no blackout periods. Pick up your escape card for 99 bucks and make winter fun more affordable. Half the price, all the powder. Get yours at www.skimarmot.com. And a big welcome to our newest sponsor on the podcast, Marmot Basin. Looking forward to some quality days up on the hill this year. Time now for takeaways brought to you by our good friends at Martin Motorsports. Spent some time with Merle, the owner, tonight. It was great to get a chance to meet him. It is your one-stop marine and recreation shop in business for close to 60 years. They're stocked up with all of the best brands whether it's on land, whether it's on snow, on water, on the road, begin your adventure with Martin Motorsports. Visit martinmotorsports.ca. For our takeaway segment tonight, we want to dig into Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, where their games are at right now, Struds. So through nine games here, Dreisaitl's got four goals, nine assists, 13 points. The points are coming, 1.4 per game. And he's winning 56% of his face-offs. Connor McDavid, 1.29 points per game. Two goals, seven assists for nine points in his seven games. And he's at 53% in the face-off circle. This is not poor production. This is not anything to shake a stick at. But this is also not these players at their best. So first and foremost, let's deal with McDavid. I don't think he looks healthy. He looks hesitant to shoot the puck almost. Uh, but he's looked off, and we know he's been dealing with something. Yeah, of the two guys, this this is the one that I'm least troubled by. Um, and 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 I want to 
preface this by saying I'm not really that worried about these two guys. Like it's not when I look at the roster, this these are not the two guys I'm worried about. But you're you're looking at trying to get everyone up and where they need to go. But I I think he's actually skating well, Shaga. I don't I don't see anything with his skating that maybe is. I said shooting. Yeah, and so so the shoot. I did. I, I heard. I guess when you, you talk about the shooting, um, I, maybe he's overthinking it. You know, I I think that on the power play, um, teams are doing a, a a better job of kind of changing what where 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 they can pass to, and that's specifically over to Leon. You know, today I thought I saw him kind of circling more, circling around Leon to try to get maybe he comes around and becomes a shooter at the top. So. I think that there's an adjustment period for for Connor specifically of what the league has done, and he's going to figure it out, and he'll he'll unlock it. Um, but I I think that he's there's obviously more points and than than he's 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 showing. But I, I'm not I just I don't I don't think the skating is an issue, and I and because some people have talked about, it. I'm not saying you have, but I don't I don't see it mm-hmm. as an issue. Yeah, I mean he's not. I mean he's not taking over situations the way that he that he can do the way that we've all seen him do right i mean that's kind of the expectation is it when when Mm -hmm. you know he can conjure those big moments where he just takes over and comes up with massive plays and teams are playing them tough no question they are but they have been they have been all along the way here so uh, i don't think mcdavid is is playing healthy right now but he would be the first to admit everybody plays a little bit banged up and you got to be able to play Mm -hmm. through that stuff dry sidle again we don't know if there's an injury there or not but Dreisaitl's game is really interesting right now because there's decent production there, Struds, but there's also a lot of play, that, and I'll let you get into the specifics of what you're seeing, that is very un like when he's bringing his better game. Yeah, two, two things are for me. I think that his passing is a little bit off. I find when Leon tries to pass the puck standing still, his passing aren't quite is, – is, it's not quite as – pinpoint and i think that's true for everybody but it, it when you're looking at the best one of the best passes in the league i think you see it the second part is um his shot his shot is not what we've seen you know the finish isn't where it's at and i wonder if he's maybe not got a little bit of you know he's maybe a little bit of a, a slump maybe a little confidence issue with his shot because they're there not only is he missing that there's some he's simply misfiring on and how often last year do I do we remember coming on here saying, man, Leon miss like when I say misfire, like it went right through him or he fanned on it. Like it's pretty rare for Leon for that to happen with Leon. And it's so automatic. And 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 late in the game today, there was one that I I'd have to go back and watch a replay, but I thought he had a pretty open net. He missed the net. Um, so that is again, that's a standard Leon set for himself. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but the he has set such a high standard. The expectations are if it's around him. He's catching it, full full paddle, and making the goalie make a save for sure. So what I see in his passing, I don't think that is. I mean, I don't think his passing is off. I think his pass selection is off. Okay. I think that Drysaddle is trying to force passes that aren't there, rather than move his feet and create something instead. I think that I don't think his feet are moving enough, and instead he's making plays that aren't there. Or trying to make plays that aren't there, and I think he's his pass selection is usually really, really good. I mean, he's good for the odd backhand saucer giveaway here or there. I mean, when you have the puck as much as he does, you're yeah. going to have turnovers. But 
you know, if if he were to operate, and I'm just pulling these numbers kind of out of my ass here. Let's say he operates at 85% passing efficiency most years, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe 90, whatever, whatever you want the percentage to be. He feels like he is significantly down in his passing percentage, completion percentage, selection, those sorts of things. I see a big drop off in the quality of him moving the puck right now. And then we're definitely seeing it in his shot too, like no question. And, uh, you know, he he had the one earlier in the year where he faked the shot, made the really nice play into the middle. And, it, you know, it, it, it bought him some space, I think, when he's willing to do that. But right now, I don't think teams are feeling really threatened by that shot out there from him because he is not making much noise with it. Yeah, and and, and I do I do wonder if there's not a little bit of that 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 confidence, right? I mean, it's it's incredible to think that you know one of the most dangerous players in the world is 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 not feeling it. But I think everyone has their ebbs and flows of confidence. Um, but we're saying the same thing about the passing, right? When he when he's not moving his feet as well, he doesn't make the plays as much. Um, they don't come as easy. So, you know, it's, I hate to use this term, but maybe you simplify it, right? You kind of see a play, make a play. Those, those passes are a little bit more guaranteed, put them in there. You know, like Evander Kane makes a pass probably two, three times a game that is, is to me crazy. And he, he's coming up the ice and he'll throw it directly across the neutral zone, straight across the other guy. It's such a hard pass to pick up especially with speed there's people on the other team all over the place generally what happens is it hit that player stick that it goes off the wall and it's just a complete grenade that is a low percentage pass and and i wish evander would take that out of his game because i don't think it really is i don't think it's 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 he made it two tonight and people if you're watching the game you know what i'm talking about i i i'm more about advancing it up the ice now i don't want to be the guy to tell leon drysdale just to simply move the puck up the ice but a, a simpler tact you know, uh, use his body. He's one of the best puck protectors in the league. Hold that puck. Look for smaller plays. Maybe ask your yeah. line mates to come and find some quiet ice around you so they can get that shot off quick. Because if he, if you can find open ice, he can find you. But you have to be within where he's at and kind of make it easier. I hate using that word, but maybe make it more obvious for Leon to make those types of plays while he's not quite feeling it. Leon, <coughs> excuse me, often through the season will have a little slump in his play. And it's funny because it doesn't always mean a slump in his production. Yeah. But definitely a, a lull in his play. And it's almost like he's kind of started there this year. That that mid-season kind of post-All-Star mm-hmm. lull or pre-All-Star lull that he sometimes has. Feels like he's kind of in that zone here to, to start the year in some of these games. So um, I agree with you. It's, it's not a huge concern because you know those players are going to find their game and they're going to carry this group. And that's just who they are and what they're going to do. But definitely notable that so far here through the season, and I mean, it's kind of—I don't know—Oiler fan probably doesn't really like it, but man, when you look at uh, when you look at the uh, the scoring list right now, right? When you look at the top of the leaderboard, man, there's some some different names up there, and there are some different guys that are having great performances here to start the season. You know, Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratt, and you know, Elias Pettersson right in there, and Larkin's up there, Pasternak with a big night here. Um, it's odd not to see Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid up near the top of that list. And neither of them, neither of them right now are even in the top 10, which is kind of mind boggling. No one had that, you know, I, I, and I had them softening their point totals, but I, I mean, they're, they're to be not in the top 10 is just, is just mind blowing. No. Um, might make others fans rethink resigning them. <laughs> just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
but but when you're you're looking at these guys, they're they're going to find their game, right? And and I, I I I do think that there's a bit of a, a that they're trying to to become a different group, right, a different team. And I think they're that they're fighting it a little bit, and it's it's kind of affecting different parts of the game. I I they just talked about it so much about being better defensively. I can't believe it's not affecting their offense because it, I think it needs to you to. to that way, I think it needs to affect your offense. So, I mean, it, you're looking for a reason for it when no one saw it coming. I think we can look at that as one potential culprit. I think that's fair, and I think it's important to discuss it because these guys, I mean, you know, they're so critical to this operation. And when there's this kind of drop off, you know, you got to dig in and try and figure out why. There's definitely room for improvement for both of them, and I think that maybe is room for Oilers fan to feel a little better knowing it's not like the Oilers are losing games with these two at the absolute top of their game. That was Takeaways brought to you by Martin Motorsports. So let's talk a little Philip Broberg, shall we, in Struddy's world. That's coming up after a very short break. Struddy has some thoughts about number 86, his deployments, and what plans should be. Stay with us. Okay, heroes, are you trying to tough it out through a sports or life injury right now? Trying to prove your mettle by grinding through, gritting your teeth? Well, Redefined Health is here to say it's time to come on in. At Redefined Health, they'll high-five you for your toughness and then get to work on helping you fix the problem. Helping athletes and heroes find better balance, performance, and injury prevention, visit RedefinedHealth.com. Long Shots Golf is the destination for both golf enthusiasts and sports fans. Top-of-the-line TrackMan simulators provide a highly entertaining and accurate golf experience, while a full-service sports bar loaded with big screens and scratch kitchen make it a truly unique destination. They have locations in Sherwood Park and Edmonton. Experience the best indoor golf and sports bar in town. Visit longshots.ca. That's longshots with a z.ca. If you're looking for a night out on the town and want to make sure you and your fellow fun lovers arrive safe and in style, call Ahmed Enterprises. With their stretch limos and party buses, they can accommodate groups up to 22. Servicing Edmonton and area, Ahmed Enterprises provides luxurious, reliable, professional transportation. Whether it be weddings, parties, casino nights, game night at the arena, or any occasion, give them a call at 780-231-6018 or check them out online at ahmedenterprise.com. Mention Got Your Back sent you to get 10% off your luxury ride. When you make a mistake, heads should roll. It's not right. And I'm here. Someone has to put their foot down. Now that I say it out loud, it does sound a little crazy. Gotta look good. All right, time for Strutty's World, brought to you by Pathfind. If you own or operate a business, you know the value of a great employee. And I'm lucky I have great employees, which accentuates the fact that I'm the boss, which is why I like <laughs> saying I have great employees. Pathfind is here to help you find your next star player, to help get your business to the next level. They can help you with re uh, recruitment, career transition, uh, leadership coaching, they have your whole team covered. So to find your organization's path forward, go to pathfind.ca. Struds? 
I love demon. I love seeing, you know, young demon come into an organization, be groomed, be brought along. And then they, they become a big part of your team. I think that if I was a GM, I definitely build from the back out. Uh, Broberg was brought in and they're, they're, they're trying to get them going. And I'm here to tell you the seven D man rotation, it's not working for his development. Full stop. It's not working. Tonight he played six minutes. Yeah, we know what happened on the second goal. You know, he, he actually makes an incredible defense or a really good defensive play at his blue line. Then he skates the puck up with speed, exactly what he's there for. Then is unable to get the puck deep. Boom, they come back the other way, score in a three on two or three on one. Bang, in the back of his net. He didn't play again until he got to four one. It's time for him to go down the minors. Two reasons. One, to make sure that he can get more ice time so he can play, so he can get on the ice and feel himself being a, a part of the penalty kill, which he isn't really here, the power play, which he definitely is not here, and a lot of five-on-five minutes. Go down there and log those minutes up and just kind of get out of the NHL bubble for a little while. Send him down there with no promises. Not, you're going to, we'll see you in two weeks, the old, uh, don't, don't rent a place. Just send him down there and let him get his groove on and feel good about it. The second part is it's time for this six players that are here with the orders right now to really kind of solidify their partnerships and make it happen. Darren A has improved his puck skills. There's no doubt about it. Uh, he had a huge hit to start the game today. A lot of good things going on in his game. Let he and Kulak run for a little while. Take the six, seven, eight, nine, ten minutes, whatever it is that, that is, is going to the seventh guy, which in this game was Broberg, Pass that around, was it Kulak or Dayernay or Bouchard or whoever. Spread it around those guys and let this six run with it. Now, I know there's some cap implications and they got to find four. I, I get all that. I get all that. But let's think about what's best for that the six D-men that will be playing and best for a young defenseman who I don't know. I've said it before. I'm not sure what he is. I'm not sure the Oilers know what he is. And worst, I don't know that Broberg really knows what he is or can be. So send them down there and just say, you're going to be there and, and, and play and have fun and get your game going. And then there'll, there'll be an injury inevitably. Then he come up and he can play more than the five, 10 minutes he's playing now. Shogger, it's time. It's time. And I know that there's cap implication. I get all that, but they got to figure this out. Yeah. Hard to disagree with you. I mean, I believe young players need to be playing a lot. Or they need to be playing in the American Hockey League. Guys that are under the age of 23 years in their first like 80, 100 games, I think they need to be playing, especially when they're high-end prospects mm -hmm. that you one day want to have in your top four or in your top six. Right. Dragging them around on a as a seventh defenseman or a 12th or 13th forward like Dylan Holloway was last year, to me, it, it just gets in the way, right? And this is where it's about what the coach wants in the moment versus what you know is better for the organization long-term. And there's, you know, at a certain point, the general manager needs to safeguard the big picture with a player and make tough decisions. I'm going to give you an example. The Dallas Stars had a guy in their lineup tonight. Thomas Harley is his name. 18th overall pick, 22 years of age. Now, I, I know some people in and around that organization. Make no mistake. The coaching staff wanted that player in their lineup last year because he's got a pretty good skill set. Mm. 66 games he played in the American Hockey League last year, had 34 points as a 21-year-old defenseman. Good young player. And there potentially could have been space, but they put development first, and you know when Harley comes up, he's there to stay. 
So he's got four points in his nine games, um, you know, playing regularly with this team, uh, resisted the temptation to have him up too soon. Now he's playing on a, basically a second pairing and, you know, just a, just a, a development sequence that makes sense. So the orders aren't unique here. Every team has to figure out the way to handle these types of players. And for Philip Broberg, I see a guy that just needs to play big minutes and, like you said, have some fun and feel like he knows who he is again. Because I can imagine where this player's confidence level is, Struts. Yeah, I, I, I talked about it last year that I said if if I thought they were going to trade Kulak to make room for him, I on, I honestly thought that. And that's not yeah. because I don't like Kulak. It's just We like, argued about that because – I knew they weren't, you know, and I'm, I'm not trying to yeah. big time you, but I, yeah. I knew they had no plans to move Kulak to make room for Broberg. They did not view him that way. Yeah, and, and just to be clear, it's not that I don't like Kulak, but this this is not working. The seventh defenseman arrangement, it's not working. It's it's You can't have it indefinitely. So take the option off uh, the table and put him in the minors and get him playing. Get him playing a ton. Get him playing all the time. And don't say, you know, if he has one good period, don't bring him back up. Leave him down there. Let him figure it out. Uh, if there's an injury, then maybe it's a different conversation. But either there needs to be him playing, him going down there. And again, it's not just for Broberg. It's for the other six guys. They just let those other six guys pair him up. Cody, CeCe, and Nurse seem to have figured out. Uh, Bouchard's coming around. Ekholm will come around. Darnay's improved himself. And Kulak is just kind of being Kulak. So, there, let them figure it out. And then also, you know, you can now maybe bring up uh, someone to get a look at. I don't know if it's Gleason. I'm not sure who you're going to bring up. Um, but I, I don't necessarily need that guy to play. I and So don't say, you know, just park the seventh defenseman for a while. It's time to get away from it. Accountability, you know, in game. You talk about him getting benched. I mean, he wasn't the only defenseman that made, you know, tough errors that led to goals. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But you watch those other guys tonight. I saw Miro Heiskanen choke up a puck on the wall in his own end that led to an Oilers scoring chance. It was like a five-star. Right? Defensemen are going to make mistakes, and those mistakes are going to result in scoring chances. Sometimes they go in, sometimes they don't. But it is easier for a coach to hold a seventh defenseman accountable. You know, like Broberg wasn't the only one that made mistakes tonight, but Broberg is the one that eats it. Yeah, but but it's different. There's a track record. Heiskanen Mm -hmm. has a track record. You know, they're, they're, it, he would have to go into a funk of a lifetime for anyone to... to and to I'm not suggesting, Strudz, that they need to be treated the same. I more look at the Euler lineup. I more look at some of these Euler defensemen and the mistakes that they have made. And and it's just, it's different for younger players, right? It, it, it always is. And not just, I don't believe that's just an Euler thing. Now, some organization might do it differently, but you have a track record, right? Those guys have a track record of, of 100, 200, 500, in some cases, you know, Many more than that game, so they, they they get the benefit of the doubt because they've done it over and over and over again. So CC's pinch state that was ill advised. He it was he he would knew it. Everyone knew it. He sh- he was in between and he went for it and it was a mistake. Um, and he got burned on it. Right, the team the team got burned on it. But he has a track record of many other games. So you know people don't like it. It's not fair. This guy, the veterans are getting benefit of the doubt. Yeah, it's because they've been doing it for years, not weeks or months. All right, that was Struddy's World, brought to you by Pathfind. Lots of action on the stream tonight, and Zuby has been busy behind the scenes. So let's get to Ask Us Anything. Zuby, first and foremost, though, you got to roll that music because it's brought to you by the shark of the park, Rini Buclan. 
of Maxwell Devonshire Realty. Whether you're buying or selling a home, your success hinges upon the expert advice and services provided by your real estate agent. So let Rini do it. She's committed to providing clients with professional services based on experience, knowledge, and skills. Call Rini, the shark of the park, for a no-obligation quote, 780-994-0280. Still can't believe she agreed to that music. She digs it. Zuby, I, I I sense that the folks on the stream have been arguing a little tonight. I, I sort of keep an eye on it on the out of the corner of my eye, but there's some arguing going on. The mood doesn't feel great. What's your summary? <laughs> no, it's not. I'm I'm gonna try and stay out of that and just keep it keep it to the questions. But we can discuss what the it's it's sort of there's lots of ranking of the Euler defensemen going on where they feel people go. I, 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 I kind of stayed out of that and what I've selected. I'll say, first of all, speaking of Sharks, Brad Anderson says we need to play San Jose ASAP. Did you see the Holy final? Holy smokes. That final what was the final? 10-1. That's so nightmare. they got one. The Sharks got one. Yeah, yeah. the last one, it was 10-0. The Sharks got a that's power play That's an absolute goal. nightmare. Absolute nightmare game. And, and that's a team that that's just going to nosedive them even more. Wow. How about the Canucks, though? Yeah, they start the season with an eight spot, and then yeah. that, like yeah. they're putting some people on notice. They are, yeah, surprising a lot. Of, can they, is it sustainable? I guess that'd be my question. By the way, did you see Talkit bench JT Miller the other night yeah, for did, four yeah. or five minutes? Yeah, 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 yeah. Ability. Then, then who was in uh, Lindy Ruff? He he benched um, Meyer. Tim yeah, Meyer yeah. earlier earlier in the year. Yeah. 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 Um. On the discussion about, uh, there's lots of people also talking about what you were saying, Strud's and Strud's world. They they were out in front of it talking about sending Broberg down. There was one comment made by Thomas M. Uh, you kind of hinted at this. Maybe you could expand on. Do do you think the defense would be less error prone if the pairings were consistent night in night out? There is there is a little bit to that. I think that when you you get familiarity with your partner and you understand how each other is going to play. Um, and at times we have guys flip-flopping sides, flip-flopping partners. I do think that that consistency can help. I, I you know, that, that CC's pinch there, there's, there's no excusing that. And, and I'm not beating him up on him, but like, that's a veteran D man. You're in between. You can't make that play. It doesn't matter who your partner is that you're making that play. I mean, they will make mistakes. D man, everyone makes mistakes. I do think it would cut it down somewhat. How much? I'm not going to say it's like 100%, but it would. I do believe it would change it a bit. But also, just know you just roll out there. It's you two, you two, you two, you two, you two, two. You, and instead of you two and now three, no, okay, we're going to put four with a seven and one with a five. Like roll with six, roll with six. It's time to let it go. I, I was okay with it for a while. Now I'm done. It's time to move on. Broberg in the minors. Everyone move on with six defensemen. Can I just make a comment too about that mistake Broberg made? If he's rushing that puck up the left side of the ice struds, is there any way he makes that mistake? Well, it's possible. I mean, he didn't have to dump it in on his backhand either, did he? I mean, you got a guy that is literally scrapping to show that he belongs in this league, yeah. playing his offside. Like, yeah, but but he didn't he didn't have to play it on his backhand. Like I know he, he didn't, he but my point is is that is that he it's disjointed. He's not where he's supposed to be. So you're heading up ice, think about a left shot playing on the yeah. left side. And you're heading up ice, your sticks to the inside, and that's a dump in on the boards every yeah. single time. But, but now I you switch over and you go to the other side. Yeah. And yeah. now, I mean, I, I I don't think it's why he made the mistake, 
But I haven't liked from the beginning the fact that they got a guy who's trying to get his bearings in this league, and the spot they have carved out for him is on his wrong side. Yeah, I, I disagree. As I remember it, he was coming up the ice on his forehand. He pulls it to his backhand and throws a muffin that stopped by the D-man. Yeah. He was on his forehand. Just cross-ice dump it. I know you're not supposed to do it on a dump, but just do that. Just get it. It's been a long shift. It's it's time to move it on, and everyone's expecting that to happen. Like All the guys that changed, and we can talk about the bad change, but everyone's expecting you to get that puck deep. That is the, the, the general assumption by everyone. And now it doesn't go deep, and it's a battle to get back in there, right? So... That's, I don't think he makes that mistake if he's heading up the left side. Nah, I don't. I, I just you're you're letting him off the hook, man. He was on it his was a I mean, it was a mistake, and it's his yeah. fault. Yeah. So no. I'm not letting him off the, no, the hook are. for the mistake. I'm saying it's another reason why it's just a it's no. a it's an awkward fit. Not not in that place. I played the offside, buddy. I was dumping it in, right? I was dumping it in right. I, mm -hmm. I just and I'm not suggesting I'm better than him, but that that you're on your he was on his forehand, he goes to his backhand. There's no need to go to your backhand. Right. It's almost like he didn't have his bearings because he was on his wrong. Side. Oh, come on. Jeez. I'll give that one to you. It's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> a it's bit. a bit of a stretch, but it fits with the theme. I do believe it, though. He needs to be on the left side. What else we got, Zuby? A uh, couple people, um, KG saying, guys, I think it's time to call it more Condors, namely Raphael Lavoie. Um, and then also Ridley Chen saying, put Gagne between Holloway and Lavoie. There's your third line. Strudz, I noticed you mentioned in talking about sending Broberg down that you're thinking Gleason or a D would come up. But with the forward injuries, is there a reason why it wouldn't be Lavoie to come up? Yeah, you know what? I'm not, I, to be fair, I haven't really gone down that road of who should be brought up, right? Like I... I I don't know that rolling with six defensemen is ideal, you know, especially if you're on a road trip now, you know, we'd have to look at the schedule and what they have, but you know, maybe it gives your forwards a different look. Now we have to wait to see what's up with Connor Brown. Is it two weeks? Is it two nights? Like what, what is it? Right. So there's a lot of things. I don't want to get too deep down the road of who to call up. Um, but I think that Sam brought something to the lineup that they needed specifically that bottom six. I think he's a smart hockey player. How much can he give you? Can he give you that every night? It'd be incredible. But I think he can be smart every night and help those guys win in their game. Um, those guys being McLeod and Holloway. Uh, so it's it's. I feel more comfortable to be answering that in a couple of days when we kind of see where it's at, Shogger. Yeah. The other thing too with with Lavoie, I mean, you know, it's hard to say this because Gagne came in and did what he did. And so clearly they made the right decision. But I'll own it. When Yanmark wasn't available or when Ernie went on waivers and it was time to bring somebody up, I wondered if there wasn't a moment they could try and grab with Lavoie, right? Because he'd been named the AHL Player of the Week. Had like 25 shots in like yeah. five games or something like that. Had a Gordie Howe hat trick, got into a great scrap. And I thought, what a great opportunity to show this player who needs to show show more sandpaper and will if you play like that, there is a place for you in this league. And I thought there was an opportunity to really very obviously reward a guy for doing exactly what you told him he needed to go down there and do. And I completely, I mean, they decided to go with the veteran in Gagne and it's worked out great. So I'll say that I was probably wrong in that situation. But now with Connor Brown out, potentially here, if he's going to miss some time, uh, now it gets tough because you got to LTIR somebody to, yeah. for there to be room. Like it gets real tricky. So let's take cap compliance and kind of set it to the side, understanding that 
you know, they might not be able to do much if it's short-term injuries here. But to me, this would be a time where it would make sense to give Lavoie a look now. Yeah, two things. I love that Lavoie's down there and just tearing the league in half because he's like, hey, I, I'm ready. I'm ready. That's the message. Instead of going down and pouting, and I'm not suggesting he's pouted in the past, but he needs to go down there and just tell him, look, I'm just going to tear this league in half. You have to call me up. Call me up. Call me up. Call me up. So I love that. The owners might be thinking, let's just let him do that a little bit longer so he really gets his footing underneath and gets his game in order. Yep. Then we call him up. That might be another way of looking at it. Um, if he but, comes up now, he's in the top nine. I mean, right with Brown, with yeah. Brown out of the mix there. I mean, they're, be, they're running yeah. out of right wingers, right? So well, they're they're running out of players. Yeah, <laughs> no. they finished the game with ten forwards. I know ten. I mean, geez, I I would have been on the third line. <laughs> <laughs> let's not get crazy now, Zuby. Uh, Quinn Bunton Wahlberg says, if you spread all our centers out, this team does not have to be top heavy. Play 97-29, Nuge down the center of the ice. Obviously, that thins out the wingers. But I know, Strads, you, you're pretty solidly in the camp that they should split up McDavid and Drysaddle. But do you think going all three, going that far with the centers, or do you want them to be a two-line team? Well, I mean, I'd like them to be a four-line team, but they only had 10 players tonight at the end. So I I, I am I am definitely Connor Leon on different lines. That's that's my now, you know, putting Nuge down there. I mean, Evander Kane going makes a big difference, right? I think that 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 his he's playing, but I don't think Hyman is he's he's showing you know some things. Nuge has kind of shown himself a bit. Um, you know, last year I think Nuge was going all year long. I don't think we've seen that Nuge this year yet uh consistently i wonder if he'll split them up before they've figured out their games before those two are playing the way he wants them to play and before this team is playing the way he wants it to play i wonder if he'll split them up or if he started with them apart and now he's gone to them together and uh you know split them apart again because then what if that doesn't work i wonder what he's gonna do here i i can't help but think <laughs> with things being as tense as they are that if his view of the pathway out of this isn't let those two play together, figure it out for the group, and then get back to the the more depth type of lineup after this thing is fixed. I'd be surprised if he switched it back at this point. Well, I think you look at Saturday, there, that second line is Kane, Nuge, and uh, Sam Gagne. I, I don't know how it can be anybody else. And then you've got Hyman. No more Fogel up there on the top line. And you go Hyman with those other guys. It's a good question. I don't know. Yeah. Like Fogel, I, I mean, Fogel's been, and by the way, Fogel's been pretty good this year, right? I think we got to give him yeah. credit. But I mean, him on that top line, like you can only throw McDavid off side so many times and it's like, okay, time to make <laughs> that, a change, right? Like that well, was a bad one. And it's been multiple of those. Yeah. Well, he, he's trying to drive, right? He, he, he's in his mind. He's like, I'm going to drive the net as hard as yeah. I can to push D men back. So like today there was one, I think it was but, the first period. Yeah. Connor made a little move with the blue line. And like he, he Fogel's had his head down, plowing through. And I, I, I but I, but I, I kind of respected. I'm like, hey, he knows his job. He's driving the net, trying to make room for Connor. So, yeah, he, he's kind of, kind of know, know, know where he's at. But I guess so. If you don't do that, then it's Hyman, Holloway, and and McLeod again on the third line, I guess. And Fogel up there. I don't. know. I guess he can. But I mean, no, Fogel and those other two guys are pretty good to start the year. So maybe put them back down there again. I think you leave the Kane line alone. And I yeah. think you make a decision what you want to do with McDavid and Dreisaitl. 
But I think, uh, I mean, elevating Sam into the top six as opposed to just playing him on a third line and helping him help McLeod and Holloway out, I I I would probably come back and just leave Sam on that third line with Holloway and uh, McLeod. And although now you're now you're kind of missing out on Fogle. I don't know, man. Yeah. Don't know. Well, I'd like to see. I think I think Kane Kane and Gagne kind of had something going. Now they're both playing really well tonight. So maybe that doesn't carry on to the next game, but I, no. I think it'd be really interesting what they bring. Well, what they do with everybody, with the injuries, Connor Brown, all that stuff. Like, there's a lot of things to sort out here at uh, you know midnight, uh, the night after. It is getting late. We've gone too long. Zuby, yeah. last comment, and then we're out of here. I've kept everybody up too late here. Okay, couple couple comments on the goaltending that I just kind of agree with, and you guys know I'm in the union, and I just wondered what your thoughts were. Um, Nick says, every great A chance against us in the back of the net. Can't lose the goaltending battle every single night. And Adam Bodnerchuk says, it's not the goalie's fault, but they need to make one more stop. Wedgwood made lots of saves tonight. He shouldn't have. Yeah, the standard is goalies need to save games now. And they're like, literally pull your team out of the fire. Nine games into the season with what's going on, they haven't done that yet. So I think it's fair to say, yeah, they probably at some point they should have been able to have done that. But is this their fault? No, Struds. Yeah, it's it's not it's not in my my top top things that we have to deal with. Um, if if the team is playing well and they're letting the softies in, now we got a, a challenge. But most of those are pretty legit goals. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's land the plane for goodness sakes. Land the plane. We're gonna do gem of the night so fast that you could probably start rolling yeah. music right now if you wanted to, Zuby. Time for Gem of the Night, brought to you by United Sport and Cycle, where they have expert advice for every sport. That's because their store is full of passionate sports fans. Volunteers, coaches, athletes, ready to help you with everything you need for the sport you love. Come check out why they're Edmonton's favorite location for everything sports, unitedsport.ca. I've got one in mind, Struds. What do you have? Well, I, I may be the same one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to you, I think, and or Zuby, I'm not sure to credit, but uh, F-Bomb 3 wins 2. That, that, that was is, the same is one that, I had. That's Is that you or Zuby? I don't know, but I love that, it. That was all Shogger. That's a great one. Well done, Shogger. Your first one. It only took two months for you to get on the board. <laughs> for me to get on the gem of the day. Uh <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it's certainly notable. Well, thanks, Evie. Well, look at you quick on the draw with your special sound effects. Uh, certainly notable that they do have more F-bombs than they do wins post-game. Somebody at one point, too, when there was two F-bombs, somebody dropped on the stream. They have more F-bombs than they do third-period goals, which I thought at the time was was pretty sharp, too. But uh, I think Oiler fan would be worried if there wasn't some frustration happening, so... Uh, they get to re-rack in a couple of days. Thanks for joining us here on the live stream tonight. Or if you're listening in podcast form, we appreciate your downloads and your subscriptions. We'll check in in a couple of days. Great job, guys. Thanks for everything. And talk to you again soon here on Got Your Back. Cheers.